my friends, this is Andy and Hedy coming to you live on Christmas 2022 for the Living Fearless Devotional. Please join us. Uh, come check out the website, resurrectministry.com, where you can find all of our content, past shows, Andy's Fearless Man podcast. You should really check that out. Some great books we recommend. You could drop us a line. You could read some of my old Christian Post articles. I write every two weeks. Don't know what to write about this week. If you have any ideas, shoot us a message. We read all the emails personally. And if you care to donate with any year-end giving amounts that you have lying around, feel free to do that too. Right. Oh, here comes an idea right now. Hi, <gasps> Carrie. News Merry says Merry Christmas is an article that she wants you to write. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Hello, Tony Washington Spurl. How are you? Nice Hi, to see Tony. you. Do you know Tony? Uh, yeah, well, we're friends on Facebook. He's a fellow police, police officer. officer. Yeah. Fantastic. Yes. He's um, quite the man. Hey, Cindy. Hi, Merry Christmas. We didn't know if anybody would come on on Christmas. Yeah, we were kind of thinking. People are lying around. They've eaten a lot. <laughs> yeah. Had all the stress. Kind of relieve some lying stress. Around. You think Cindy's lying around, rubbing her belly? <laughs> Of all the food that she had to eat, I don't well, think so. She probably had, she probably preached or had yeah. people to minister to. Yeah, so, right, pretty exhausted. Probably a little exhausted. Yeah, kind of like us. Merry Christmas, George and C. George, Hi. hey, nice to see you. And Carrie says we can write about Matthew 12. Oh, there you go. That's an idea. Yeah, let's do that. Well, that's like I'm doing it, like I'm doing any writing. Carrie says she was just thinking of us. Really? Oh, thank That's fantastic. You. Hey, let's get to the message before we get too far because, you know, we can get... Do a lot of chatting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're reading from Morning uh, by Morning by Charles Spurgeon. The Christmas message, of course. And this is, of course, a Christmas, Christmas message. Yes. Uh, Isaiah seven fourteen, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Right. Charles writes... Let us go down to Bethlehem today with the wondering shepherds and adoring magi, and let us see him who has been born king of the Jews. By faith we may lay claim to him and may sing, to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Jesus is Jehovah incarnate, our Lord and our God, yet is also our brother and friend. Interesting. Therefore, let us adore and admire him. But first, let us remember his miraculous conception. It was an event unheard of before and unparalleled since, that a virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. The first promise of his coming mentioned the offspring of the woman, not the offspring of the man. Since it was the woman who led the way into sin that lost paradise for mankind, it was she and she alone who would usher in the one to regain that paradise once lost. Yeah. Although our Savior was truly man, when it came to his human nature, he was the Holy One of God. Let us reverently bow before the Holy Child, whose innocence restores the mankind, his ancient former glory, and let us pray that, that Christ may be formed in us, the hope of glory. Next, let us remember his humble parentage. His mother was, has been described simply as the virgin, not a princess or a prophetess or the matriarch of a large estate. It's true that the blood of kings ran in her veins, that her mind was strong, 
and that she was well taught for she sang one of the sweetest mm -hmm. songs of praise ever sung yet consider her humble humble state how poor was the man to whom she was engaged and how miserable the accommodations provided for the newborn king they will call him emmanuel which means god with us god with us in our nature in our sorrow sorrow in our life's work in our punishment and in our death god with us god with us now or actually we with him in his resurrection ascension triumph and the splendor of his second coming there's a few things new there that I never even. Well, that's of. so funny you say that because that's what I felt inspired of. <laughs> okay. Is that every Christmas message, of course, it's all still relatively new to me, but every Christmas message, I feel like I learn a little bit more. We all hear similar sermons probably from different pastors. Those of you who watch a lot of different pastors on YouTube, but I feel like I learned a couple. Like I didn't get the connection between the seed, the Genesis 3.15. Pastor Jack has mentioned that and uh, Spurgeon mentioned that as well. I love that redemption story of Eve and a mm -hmm. woman that, you know, comes, she's the one that broke, you know, the, the rights of the garden and she's the one that redeems them. So I love that. Uh, she being woman. She being woman. Right. Uh, but the other part that I didn't know was the lowly nature of shepherds and that the first ones to come and pay homage to Christ were the shepherds. I mean, I, I've heard the story of the shepherds, but I didn't realize their place in Jewish society and how impactful it was that they are the first ones that get the message. So I thought that was really interesting. Those are the two things that were new. If you guys all have something that you heard kind of new this Christmas, we'd love to hear that too. What about for you? What was new? Well, it was the the redemption of the woman. Yeah. I thought that was actually pretty cool. Never right. thought of that before. Yeah. Uh, and then the um, shepherd Jack, uh, Pastor Jack Kibbs talked about this, where the shepherd sits in the doorway. Yes, I didn't. I have never heard that before. And, and that's why the scripture says that it's amazing, right? Like, how is it again that I could be in this faith for twenty five years? And again, just remember the first twenty ish years was not. I wasn't that into it. <laughs> I heard. Oh, that's so weird. Now we have two screens. Can you see us? We're back. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. We're back. Hold on one second. I don't know why this other one won't go away. I can make it primary though. Um, so We're where back. was, can where was it? Yeah. yeah, they can see us. Okay. Uh, if we can see us, then they can see us. Uh, what, um, where was I?
All right, sorry. Uh, we don't know why our internet keeps trying to connect, or our, our computer keeps trying to connect to one of our devices, and it's an odd oddity. So we're sorry, but we're going to continue. <laughs> oh, there's people still there. I know. We're having weird problems. It's folks. so weird. I don't know what's happening. But anyway, so those are the two new ones. <laughs> The shepherds, <laughs> the shepherds, and the and the redemption of the of the woman. Of the woman. Oh my gosh! So sorry. We don't know why it's trying to connect to our phone, my iPad. Actually, it's strange. Um, you got to turn off your hotspot because it's always a hotspot. It's a phone hotspot. It's an iPad hotspot. What's funny? Hotspot. I don't. I don't even think. Yeah, I don't even think I've ever used the hotspot on my iPad, which is a strength. Mm. So uh, Matthew two one through two. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east of Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Isaiah 9, 6, for to us a child is born and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Isaiah is 500 years before. Well, this was, that's exactly what I was going to say. 500 years before. Is it, I, it, it wasn't until I learned about the prophetic scriptures where it really began to sink in that, you know, that, that Jesus being born to a virgin and then being crucified, that all that had been spelled out in books. Now, in my previous life as a agnostic and then as an earthly Catholic or Catholic Christian, there was still the struggle of, well, you know, they wrote these books and then they created a scenario, a, a scenario that matched these old things, but these scripture, these, uh, um, the, the, not the tablet, not the tablets, but the, um, the rolled oh, up, oh, the scrolls, the scroll scrolls had not been even discovered. Right. 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 When all those other books got written. So right. it's not like, they, they had the opportunity to do that. There was no internet. Right. There was no uh, like Prince library, Chris. like a library of Congress where you could go to look, to look up the other scriptures that this all happened without the knowledge of the other thing being even in existence. Yep. So fantastic. Fantastic. God is fantastic. <laughs> all right. Continue. Sorry. Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity between you and the woman, God speaking of Satan. And between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Again, like that passage you sent around, that's why Jesus' feet were nailed to the cross. Because his heel was bruised by Satan. Mark one twenty four. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? These are the de legion of demons that was in the man in the graveyard that are coming out and that uh, Jesus, they know jesus is and they say why what do you want with us jesus of nazareth have you come to destroy us i know who you are the holy one of god even the demons know galatians 4 19 oh my dear children for whom i am again in the pains of childbirth until christ is formed in you uh it's apostle paul speaking to us colossians 1 to them god has chosen to make known among the gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery which is christ in you the hope of glory we have no hope of glory without Christ in us. Matthew 123, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. It's him repeating Isaiah 714. 
saw a couple other comments. So Carrie's asking you. Um, no, the accuracy, that, that's a good question. I, that's what I'm trying to do. I got to take myself back and remember all my, I mean, many of my arguments against. So as an agnostic, there were some things I had as an argument against uh, organized religion. That was my thing. Like, uh, come on. Because always that is an issue of surrender. It's, people yep. don't want to acknowledge it. Religion is necessary. Yep. But then as I began to go to church, uh, whether it was Mariners or even early, my first couple of times I went to French church before I went to Mariners. And then there was a couple other churches I bounced around in. Um, I go, you know, I, I want to believe in God and I want to believe that Jesus existed. So I got that, that he actually walked the earth, but some of these other stories like Noah to um, gosh, I don't know. There are a couple other walking on water. All these other things I said, you know, I think those are great stories just to give examples of, of his like a metaphor possible right greatness <laughs> to say to, you know, to, to give him an air of supernatural superpowers. How, how many people in church do you think actually say that? A lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah. They're like, you know, I like the Christmas stuff. I like Jesus as a savior. <laughs> yeah, that's great. But all these other stories, yeah, I mean, you know, so what if they're kind of embellished? You know, without accepting or believing in your heart the veracity of the Bible, that's why it's just words on a page. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the Holy Spirit doesn't allow you to know it because you don't really actually believe it. Right. You know, it's the Holy Spirit reading us that reads the Bible for us that we actually get it. You know, because otherwise it's words on a page and that's why you look at it and to those who are perishing, it's foolishness. So it's kind of like, oh, that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of others, like even the bringing people back from the dead. You know, we have modern medicine here that I, I there was a call. I, I probably told the story. There was a call that um, a guy that would later become my friend. He was brand new on this particular day. I think it was maybe a second day at Anaheim Police Department. He'd come from Tustin Police Department. And there was a crash. It was rainy out in Anaheim Hills before even all the houses were there that you see now today. But there was a windy road. The car hit a ditch. The car flipped and somehow the man fell out of the car and the car landed on top of him. And the only thing sticking out was his feet. Oh. They, they kind of looked like uh, the Wicked Witch of the West or it was crushed by the house. Yeah. That's what it looked like. And the feet weren't moving. Yeah. And so the Mike is his name. Mike arrives first. And again, I don't know who he is. He gets up, he goes, ah, he goes, roll a corner. Like he, like right off the bat. And I go, roll, roll a, a corner. Call a corner and have the corner come out because this guy's dead. And I go, wait a minute, we can't, we can't, as police officers say that somebody's dead. Only um, fire and doctors. Yeah, no, we can't say he's dead. Oh. And so anyway, so uh, there was like probably 45 minutes went by, maybe even an hour before a tow got there and was able to pull the car off of him. They pull the car off of him. As soon as the car is off of him, he sits up and says, wow, what happened? <laughs> Well, it was like soft ground or something. Yeah, it was wet. It was wet, and so the car landed on him. He got pushed into the wet grass, wow. and kind of just he was drunk, and you know, just got kind of knocked out. Wow. So the point for me telling that yeah. story, there is a point, I'm is sure. that you know, Mike could have said, "I, you know, you're dead. I now bring you back to life." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm what at the time I was thinking, you know, maybe these people weren't really dead. Maybe they were just like 
passed oh. out and the, Jesus happened to walk by and the guy woke up. They go, oh, Jesus made that guy, you know, oh. come back from the dead. <laughs> I hear you. So, I mean, those I go, but, but then like this keeps happening to him. How many like that happened to Mike once in his entire career? And I happen to be witness to it. Right. We did, this didn't happen every day. But right. with Jesus, there's stories all over the place of him helping people. Yes. So do you see my point? That <laughs> if it happens once, it's like, okay, you just did, something happened there. But then now this guy had leprosy. Now he doesn't. This guy is blind and now he can see. This guy can't walk and now he can walk. Again, if you don't, if you don't want to believe the truth of the Bible, there's a thousand reasons why you can make excuses for it, right? You can make yep. up some kind of story. But when you are intellectually and emotionally open to the idea that it may be true, then you could see the prophetic scripture and say, okay, this is, there's no other way than to accept that this is truth. Right. And the example of the Dead Sea Scrolls is that if they, if they had forged the Bible in order to, to project that Jesus was coming to earth, how could they find the Dead Sea Scrolls that matches that same Bible that was printed after Jesus was born right. and walked and did his ministry. So it's, it's the historical validity of the Bible itself is astounding. Yeah. So then Carrie adds, uh, I asked because you seem like a kid in a candy shop. Yes. Right, right now. And, and, and that where that comes from is experiencing God's greatness and the miracle yes. miracles that he can perform in our life. We, we've, we've, We've talked about this a lot, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go on to another long story, oh, okay. just so you know. <laughs> but I'm one of the lucky ones, somehow, where I was in a Marriott in Salt Lake City, Utah, and he appears in front of me, which was completely crazy, and also shows me Satan in the same room. Yes. Like, there's, <laughs> there's, it, it, I mean, that, if that doesn't change you, if that doesn't change somebody like me, who was this doubting Thomas and kind of, I want to believe, but I, but I can't, I can't let my whole self believe. I have to come up with excuses. Because it, it means surrender. Right. But I think that that's how, that's what we read in the Bible all the time, that they're going, nah, 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 and all of a sudden they see a miracle. They go, and then they see another miracle. It's the multiple of miracles of most people. They go, okay, he's done this like five times in a row. Like, yeah. We have to believe now. And like they were doing in the Chosen episode, the first episode of the new season, it was uh, little James had a, de had a body deformity. And he says, why haven't you healed me? And he says, well, because some people need miracles, but the miracle of you will be you praising and believing and healing, even though you yourself have not been healed. And I loved the perspective he gave because you, he says to him repeatedly, and it's something we should have faith in whenever we go to try to, Pray for somebody's healing is you will be healed no matter what it's just a matter of time yeah. so if we don't see it in this life the healing comes in the next because we have that eternal perspective the eternal roadmap so you, we could say with confidence to somebody you have healed you have that healing from, from christ you are whole mm -hmm. it's just a matter of time wow yeah i think that's awesome yeah, but so, so some things will get healed and some things won't. No, I mean, everything gets healed. No, no, no. I'm just saying I, in our lifetime here on the, on earth, yeah, but it, it may not always be that thing that we want, but there'll be something else that, that, that we need healing far more. No, 
He's, no? no, he's saying literally, and if you think about it, it is true. Everything will be healed. Oh, you I just see what make, you're saying. Yeah, because when you have an eternal perspective, then everything will be healed. You know what I mean? I but if you have only a lifetime experience, yes, some mm. things you will, some things you won't. And I just love the way they put that because he's like, you will be healed. It's just a matter of time. He says you will leap like a deer. You just may not see it in this life. Wow. You know, so that's just, I don't know. That's just awesome. Oh, you already leap like a gazelle. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to, I we had um, a beautiful encounter with a new friend. I just, I yes. love the opportunity that uh, broadcasting gives us because we We've met so many fantastic people. Not only all of you here that join us, and it's so nice, like with Lisa, we've had a chance to meet in person, and Jan, we've had a chance to meet in person, but I have a friend of mine that I met through Remnant Rising, and we got to meet him and his wife and his father today, which was so beautiful. And just, um, so his name's Walid, and he's a evangelist uh, through and through. So he evangelizes wherever he goes. And so we got to witness it because he asked to pray for our waitress and she just broke down crying. And all he said was, what can I pray for you? And she just started crying. And she's like, I just, I feel the sincerity in your voice. Thank you so much. She's like, I have goosebumps from you just saying that to me. It was just so beautiful. Here we are just eating breakfast and it was just such an encounter. Uh, and I just, I love that. And I also just want us to have a heart. My heart is grieving this Christmas for so many of our brothers and sisters that are in pain, whether it's family trouble, emotional problems, uh, physical illnesses, uh, financial constraints, um, estrangement from loved ones. It's been a hard Christmas for a lot of people. And so um, I think it's important that we keep them, keep our friends uh, that are struggling in our prayers because um, it's not been easy for some people. And, and I think that's another sign of the times, too. It just seems like there's a lot of heartache around. There's a lot of brokenness. Yeah. Should we pray? Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray. Uh, <laughs> dear Lord, thank you uh, for the gift of your son. God is with us, and it is the only hope of glory that we have is that his uh, his life, his death, his resurrection be manifested in our lives and, and that we walk in that victory, Lord. And we ask that you anoint each of your sons and daughters with that victory, that they know it deep down in their spirit, that they have that victory and they walk with that power and that authority. And they, they feel your presence in their lives, that no matter what they're going through, that your um, Holy Spirit descends on them like a dove from the sky and looks down on them and tells them, this is my son, this is my daughter with whom I am well pleased. And that they feel the joy and the peace and the love, the overwhelming love that comes from you when you're present and that it's your presence that matters and drawing close and seeing your face, Lord, and hearing the voices of heaven, Lord. Together are the voices of heaven. Uh, thank you for the for the gift of that of that knowledge, Lord, and that wisdom that we may treat it with reverence, Lord. Uh, thank you for um, everything that you give us and that you continue to do in and through us. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Carrie says.
God is so amazing in contemplating Jesus's birth and life this month with so many new insights from scripture. Oh, that gives me a great encouragement, Carrie, because we know you've been a believer much longer than us. So to think that there are still new things unraveling, that's so exciting. Yeah, today is, uh, or yesterday, uh, we celebrate Christmas Eve here in our house with all the kids. We had a whole bunch of kids here. And uh, uh, my do- my oldest daughter's uh, boyfriend. Can we say boyfriend? Yes. Um, another. <laughs> another. She's afraid to say boyfriend because she doesn't want to ruin the, the, the love that they have for one another. It's She's very superstitious. She's just a very funny girl. Um, so we had, he was over too. And I, and I was able to bring up some of these things that I learned new to, in, to bring order to opening gifts. So I said, whoever can answer this question, we'll get to open the gift first. Jesus trivia. And so we had Jesus trivia, but I was just so, so amazed that I could go, what is it, 60 years? Uh-huh. Yeah, 60. Oh, I hate to even say that out loud. So I'm 60 years old. And in 60 years, I just learned that Jesus was not laid in a wooden manger, <laughs> but in a rock <laughs> dug out. The trough. the trough was made out of rock. A manger is actually a trough. A trough. And that is, they were actually in a cave, <laughs> not a wooden shed. Everywhere we look, it's wood. Wait, look out the window. We're going to see a, <laughs> on our garage door. We're going to see a wooden shed and a wooden manger. Yeah. Oh, I've been living a lie <laughs> for 60 years. So that was my question was uh, what type of material was the manger made of? And whoever can answer that question. And of course, every child said wood. Hey. Hey, straw. <laughs> and I go, no. And it's a we, mud. And then we moved on to mud. I go, oh, closer. And I go, what is what is mud made out of? And they go, dirt. Okay. <laughs> How does dirt? <laughs> and then finally, one of my sons said, uh, rock. rock. I go, yes. And he gave it to him at rock. Right. Even though I think you should have made him go a little farther. The and rock. then, and then I learned I think this might have been yesterday for the first time that the um, magi. Uh, the magi or the wise men did not show up right after Jesus's birth. That was the shepherds. It was that was those were the shepherds that showed up after his birth, like immediately. Um, it but it was two to three years later that the wise men and the magi showed up. Two to three years later. But then how they see the stars? Well, it takes a, that's, it takes a long time to get around. And it, it makes sense. <laughs> Two to three years later. That's I mean, you, you, every Christmas story you watch on TV was that they, they, they just suddenly appeared. Yeah. And I heard that the, uh, the, the things, the gifts they brought was actually quite substantial. Yes. From what I understand. Yes. Like today it would be like millions of dollars. In you know, Arabs are bougie like <laughs> Did they bring Ferragamo purses? What was equivalent? <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I, and I, I so just, any I other don't... cool facts you learned this uh, Christmas? Let us know. It's just awesome. Kid in a candy store. Oh yeah, I see. Gary says he was a toddler when the yeah when they came again. I, I just feel like I've been lied to my entire life. Shepherds heard that night from the angel. Yeah. Yep. But the wise guys came later. The wise guys. <laughs> the wise guys came later. The dumb shepherds, they were able to get there. <laughs> the, 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 the wise guys, it took them two to three years to get there. See that? 
So the reason I say two to three, because from, from one person, I heard three and another uh, person, I think something oh, actually, I think a Google search said two. So it's two to three, somewhere in there. And of course, I knew that uh, Jesus was not born on December 25th. That I did know. Yes, I've heard September. Is. And I've heard, what else did I hear? Spring. Some people say spring, that that's yeah. when the shepherds would be managing their flocks. Regardless. I love all this new stuff that I'm learning. I, I really feel, I mean, I truly feel like I'm reading the Bible for the very first time, hearing some of these things that are coming out. Like, oh my gosh, who knew that those two things went together? Oh, um, Carrie says the Magi were on horses, not camels. So why does everybody say camels? Because there's a word. Say reason. Like you said, yeah. you ask me if I rode a camel? Right. Assumptions, <laughs> them Arabs, they probably came on a camel. <laughs> The Israelis don't have camels either. Isn't it just the Egyptians that have camels? I don't know. How am I supposed to? Why are you asking me? I thought I you had know. a camel. Right? Persians don't have camels either. BTW. But yeah. <laughs> BTW. Yeah. You always tell uh, parents who have teenager kids. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. Now it's just LOL. R-O-F-L. Exactly. Uh, um... Shoot, there was one more that I had on top of my head. Now I can't remember what it was. So here's an interesting yeah. question. I'm a little struck by this, and I'm thinking about what did he, what was he referring to? He says in this end, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is with us in our nature, in our sorrow, in our life's work, in our punishment. So is Spurgeon and in our death. So hmm. what does Spurgeon mean by in our punishment? That's a really good question. Right? That struck me. And I the immediate thing that occurred to me was he meant the punishment that we experience in this life of bad decisions and mm. bad choices and when Jesus needs to break our legs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a good friend of mine had said the other day that his, his daughter has gone off the reservation. He's, he's like, well, you know, she's just looking for Jesus to break her leg. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a great perspective. <laughs> Let me, uh, let's read Jim. Okay. Because it talks about the, uh, the doorway and all that kind of stuff. So our present day view of the nativity has been shaped more by tradition than fact. There we go. To, hey. to this day in the Middle East, the typical sheep fold is a cave with only one doorway. The shepherd puts his sheep in the cave for the night and then lies across the doorway, literally protecting his sheep with his life. This is why Jesus said, I am the gate for the sheep. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The typical manger was not what we see in modern nativity displays, but was a basin hewn from a large rock. The shepherd places the grain for the animals in one and water in another. What a humble but appropriate place for the Son of God to be placed after his birth. For he would later say, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And drink. From the trunk. Yes. Oh. Come on, Schnugs. What a beautiful picture of a beautiful Savior. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Okay, so here's another fun fact that I learned that the yes. swaddling cloths were the cloths they those strips that they used to swaddle a lamb without blemish for slaughter for the sacrifice. But when I heard swaddling cloths, I thought he was just wrapped like a 
like a sausage, like we used to do newborns. Yeah, like a burrito. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was actually the cloth they used for the sheep. I didn't know that. Such fantastic stories. That's fantastic facts. Oh, that's Cindy says. The shepherds wrapped the sacrificial lamb on cloths and placed in a trough like Jesus was. Yes, yeah. I didn't know that either. And Carrie says she thinks of me. Really? There's two of you. <laughs> you must be extremely smart. Yeah. Carrie. Carrie News. All right. Anything else, my love? I did have a question to ask you. Okay. But I don't know if I can ask you. <gasps> oh, on air <laughs> in front of the entire 14 million. No, but I just love, I, I just love how God is working in you. And on you. And so we go and visit your mom tonight. Yes. And and as ev- as everybody knows, when people get older, sometimes it gets hard. Mm-hmm. And it, but there there was this moment where it was like, oh, you know, why can't you remember what I say? And why can't you understand me? Why can't you hear me? But then you vanished into the apartment. I hate to call that apartment because it's bigger than most people's houses. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, like, we're at dinner, and it was magic. <laughs> and the reason I bring this up, because I mean, I'm sure all of you have these things going on where your parents, if they're still alive, my, mine are, have both passed, but they, my mom was going through dementia. I think my dad, fortunately, was going through a little bit, but he, uh, and I say fortunate, fortunately, he passed before that got, you know, took hold of his life, which is, you know, he had a, his faculties to see us and to remember us and all that kind of stuff. Where my mom, I don't think, I think she went away before she died. Um, and I, and I never saw her in that state, but um, I just know for many people, it could be very difficult, but how, how does, what I want to ask you, how does God work through you in those situations where you can, the old flesh can get like, well, you know, a little bit frustrated, but then is it a prayer? Is it um, well, to going be, to God? To be fair, yeah. you helped me because I came out and he was on the patio yeah. and I came out to the patio and I explained to him what's happening. And of course he can bring objectivity to the situation. And he, he as you said, exactly what you said then. People get old, just forgive her. Don't get upset. And I knew you were absolutely right. I just needed to calm down. Hmm. And I went back in and I'm like, and she told me, she's like, why do you get so upset at me? And I said, I said that, you know, I told her, I compared it to my father. I said, when dad started to know that he was really sick, he just trusted me. He just gave me his life and said, I trust you. You just be my mind right now. Hmm. Be my heart and be my mind because I trust you. And I said, I just want you to trust me. Like, you know, like when we're trying to have a conversation, trust that I remember, trust that I'm counting. She's like, but I want to understand. I said, but you have to understand that you're at a stage where you can't understand, you know, and just, just let me help you. And she's, she was calm and she's like, okay. And I was like, I love you, mom. That was it. Wow. So I don't know if it was the analogy to my mom, but it was you who helped me calm down to begin with. Because I really had gotten far too angry. Like I just, 
And then I get, I get it for me. It just harkens, harkens back <laughs> to my father. I miss him terribly, yeah. but he was just, you know, at the end, he was just like, so just so sweet. And so you know, he used to be so strong and so stubborn. So for him to just be like, love, just do what you want. Just, yeah, just, just do whatever you think's right. Just do whatever you think's right. And I just, and I did. And it worked out for the best, you know, because I had their best interests at heart. And he knew that. Um, and so I guess I just want that same kind of love and trust from her. It's harder for her than it is than it was for him. Mm. But at the end, it's parents. Yeah. Carrie says she's that parent. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet, Carrie. Yeah. Oops. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and we got to remember that. Because one day yeah. me and Andy will be that person too. I think part of it, and uh, it's, it's just stepping back for a moment. Yes. You know, and just going, okay, why, why, what is it? I'm, I'm getting angry because I want them to be the person they were. Um, but the mind was the trust issue. Hmm. I know you're not. I know she's not the person she was. And I'm like, I just need you to trust me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's not argue about what two plus two is. Because we were literally arguing about how many days there were in a week and like the calculation. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and that's why I was getting so frustrated. I was like, just let me tell you what the number is, you know? Yeah. Um, you think I'm, do you think I'm lying about the number? You know, like, it's just, I get defensive and I, and I shouldn't. I should be far more patient. And my sweet little 16 year old daughter is like, no, oh, stop lying. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I feel terrible. So, oh, no, I'm not asking this. I'm just saying that this, it's hard. I mean, it's just, it's um, obviously a difficult period, but I just think, oh, thanks. But but it still has to, there still has to happen in you. Yes. I mean, because um, sometimes somebody can say to a spouse, you know, do this and they go, you know, what do you know? This is my mom, right? You know, that that can happen too. God, see, that's what Cindy says. Great outcome. You're a great team. That's where it came from for you. Yes. Is you really have to have, you really have to trust it. And that, again, goes back to God, because I know in that situation, you're a godly man. You have the objectivity. You're not emotional at that moment. So whatever God's telling you to tell me is what God's trying to tell me. Hmm. And so it, it hits me in a very, very different way. Right. You know, that's what that's what having trust in um, the person that you're married to means. And I think that'll work both ways. But at that point, in that situation, I know that you are not only inspired, but you're objective. You love me and you love her and you want the best outcome. And you have an objectivity at that moment I wouldn't have. Oh, cool. <laughs> I like that. I wasn't too sure. I was busy watching football. <laughs> <laughs> but wasn't uh, it easy for you? Isn't it like, you know, when somebody else's life, it's so much easier for you to be calm and like, wait, okay, let me just try to break this down for you. Yeah. Right? Like, because there's just an objectivity there because it's not emotional. Mm. There's no wounds and triggers and trauma and things that you're you're really trying to work through in the midst of a conflict. You're just like, okay, let me just tell you objectively what's happening right now. <laughs> so that's extremely helpful. Carrie says, my oldest daughter is good because I trust her on decisions and she trusts me on scripture. Amen. Well, that's Very cool. good balance. Wow. Do you, do you feel any movement on your mom going from Islam to Christianity? None whatsoever. No. Because her understanding of Christ 
is that he's loved, he's revered, he's a prophet. God loved all the religions, and so there's no there's no discrepancy. Right. You know what I mean? I can't seem to get her to the point of understanding the discrepancy. And it's going to be harder because of just the sit, you know, where she's at yes. in her in her life life cycle. Yes, it has to be an act of God. Hmm. Would it be great of her and Alexa, her friend? Well, lives uh, with her. Alexa's drawing closer to God. We saw the Bible open on her bed, and she was mad at God before she told yeah. you. Um, so she's definitely. She's had a couple of miraculous incidences. She was sure she had tumor and Andy and I prayed for her and it turned out to be a very benign cyst. And so she came to me afterwards and I was like, see, I told you it was nothing. And she's like, yeah, it's because you guys prayed for me. And I was like, oh, God loves you. <laughs> and so I think that really renewed her faith, you know, and she really, and so that, yes, she lives with my mom and that may be a good source of uh, encouragement for her. Yeah, that'd be amazing. All right. Any other uh, Christmas no, stories? God bless. Love the people that are around you and the people that are hurting. And uh, let us be the light. Let us be the light to those around us. Yep. Carrie says, uh, same with the Jews. They think Jesus is a prophet. Yeah. Can't. Jesus is either what he said he is, or he's a liar, or he's crazy. So there's no, there is no prophet Jesus, because that would mean that everything he said was a lie. And prophets don't lie. It's like, it's a very simple thing, you know? Um, and I use that a lot on, on Muslims, but for my mom, it's just, that's just not sinking. <laughs> it's just like this constant, you know, they, they start the, you know, the, the calendar year off of when he was born. Right. They, they you know, all, all these references to him. Because they, they accept him. Yeah. Because but, they accept him, but they make this, this uh, scenario up. It's a, it's a fake scenario. There's a, there's a lot done for a prophet. Yeah, right. a lot of things that changed when the when the, just a prophet was born. Yeah, but they say, oh well, Islam is you know two billion people too. So yeah, you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good argument, back. But no, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, like you really have to. I mean, the gospel is foolishness for those that are perishing. You have to have eyes to hear and ears to hear. I mean, you have to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Yeah, you know, those that are predestined are justified, and those that are justified are glorified. All right, my friends, uh, go to the Edify app, E-D-I-F-I dot A-P-P. What will they find there, Hedia? They will find our show. If you can click like and subscribe, that would be awesome. It is part of the Christian Podcast Network. Yes, for sure. We love you guys. God bless you. God bless. Hope and you had a wonderful celebration of the birth of Christ. Yes, we did. Yes. And thank you for being here for us tonight. Yes, thank right. you. We love you guys. God bless. God bless.